Hello, everybody. My name is Declan Mangan. I am a junior attending Indiana University Bloomington, studying filmmaking, and this is My Animated Life, the second episode of season two. In this podcast, we discuss certain variety of topics in the animation medium, whether that be a singular movie or TV show, or uh, we just talk about something going on in the industry. Uh, before we start, uh, we started this new thing last season, uh, uh, this season called uh, uh, Current Animation Recommendations. Uh, this is kind of like a adaption of my Instagram stuff uh, called Animation Recommendations. But now we're going to talk about a little bit of some movies that, movies or shows that came out in last week or are upcoming, and uh, I'll just recommend them to you to get them a watch. So I really only have two recommendations today because uh, the other show I mentioned last uh, last week that got a uh, finish and now is waiting waiting for season two, and there was a third thing that came out, but I heard garbage things about it and also don't want to highlight the bad work environment that movie had. So... The first one is Clone High Season 2, well, Season 3, technically, on HBO Max, where it is a revival of the once 2000-famed comedic TV show in which clones of famous guys and ladies attend high school. And uh, that got a Season 2 of the reboot, which is technically Season 3, and it wasn't that bad, actually. It was a... Much better than the uh, season two. It had used its uh, characters much better. And I also really like uh, just it was a lot more funnier and it didn't rely on a bunch of blood, which is a, a good site for that. And hopefully season four happens. And if you want to check that out, that's on HBO Max or Max. And then the other uh, movie I want to recommend is DreamWorks Orion in the Dark. We talked about this movie uh, in our 2024 recap. I actually checked it out, and it was actually really, really good. I thought it was one of the weirder scripts of DreamWorks, but that's what you get when you have Charlie Kaufman behind it, who, if you don't know Charlie Kaufman, he worked on, like, Anomalisa... Uh, burp, burp, burp. I'm thinking of ending things and all that uh, Oscar buzzy content. But uh, that story is about a fear phobia kid who is terrified of everything for very, uh, very understandable reasons. And uh, that none, none, no fear is greater than that of being afraid of the dark. And so the literal embodiment of dark comes to whisk him away on an adventure to cure his anxieties and fears. And that movie's on Netflix and it is the first of DreamWorks release slate of this year. So without any delay, we're going to try and get every informative thing about this uh, topic today. So we are discussing Regular Show, one of my childhood shows growing up. And, uh, yeah, so we'll just start with uh, some basic info, and then we'll get into the production. So uh, Regular Show started life uh, on September 6, 2010, and uh, it aired on Cartoon Network. It had 
about seven, eight, yeah, eight seasons. Eight seasons in the movie, and uh, it was one of Cartoon Network's most popular shows during their era. And uh, it has a few cast members. Let me just get into that. Uh, the voice cast is is uh, wild. So you have J.G. Quintel, who voices a few of his own characters. And then his friend, I believe, I don't remember his name, uh, Sam Marin. There we go. He voices a few of his characters. William Sallers, who you may know as Baymax and uh, Clay Puppington from Moral Oral, he plays Rigby. Well, not Clay Puppington. Uh, he played the pastor. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then uh, Roger Craig Smith, the current voice of Sonic, the legend Mark Hamill, and uh, there's a bunch of other famous people who are, uh, well, not famous people, like people who worked on the show, including Minty Lewis. Toby Jones, Andre Saloff, and Matt Pierce, who are all, like, storyboarders, concept designers, all that jazz. Anyway, uh, other voice actors included Steve Bloom, Courtney Taylor, David Ogden Stiers, Robin Atkin Downs, the medic, of course, in TF2, Jeff Bennett, Jennifer Hale, David Kane, Fred Tastacor, Michael Yang King and Julian Highway. Of course, they also had their fair share of celebrity guests like the great Carl Weathers. May he rest in peace. And also, uh, trying to think here, who else guessed? Uh, the guy who was in Happy Gilmore who played uh, the villain in that movie, he was in it. So, let's get into... Oh, let's get into the... First, let's just get into the... Uh, Basic story, uh, Mordecai, a blue jay, and Rigby, a raccoon, are 20-year-old workers of the on a park who do nothing but slack off, play video games, and uh, just avoid avoiding work in general, which leads to very catastrophic, surreal, surreal and supernatural misconduct. Uh that's a one way to describe regular show, and then uh, it's 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 a it's a lot. <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's get started with how it was created. Regular show uh, grew from JG Quintel's uh, cur uh, life experiences when he was going through college, where he was a struggling twenty-year-old who had to who had to juggle school, classwork, and trying to uh, recreation himself. So, and these ideas also came from two short films he made called The Naive Man from Molly Land, which, is, uh, which was the first introduction to Pops, and then uh, two in the AMPM, which is a more adult, uh, adult short, where two workers at a gas station eat some weed brownies and uh, they start to trip balls. So uh, both the both of those shorts originated as a 48-hour film project where students had to put words into a hat and pull one, one word for at midnight and spend a weekend during uh, 
the developing ideas for the film. Uh, general fact, Quintel uh, attended college with Thrupp Van Orman, who worked on Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack and directed the Angry Birds movie, too. Very funny guy. And Pendleton Ward, who you know is uh, the creator of Adventure Time and The Midnight Gospel. They both, uh, were, again, I already mentioned this, they both worked at Cartoon Network and uh, created their own shows. And uh, Quint- Quintel initi- uh, started working on with Cartoon Network on shows like Camp Laszlo as a creative director and The Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack while he was completing his degrees. In turn, he was an intern then. He was actually able later to pitch for Cartoon Network's Cartoon Institute, which is a which was a successor from Oh Wow What a Cartoon, which was a project to showcase short short films created without the interference of network executives and focus testings. Uh, for this project, he returned to the characters from the films he made, put them together with other characters he created, and made a pilot out of it. Instead of making a normal pilot, he wanted to do a visual pitch. uh, Well, a a normal verbal pitch, he wanted to do a visual pitch. Believing the idea would have little sense otherwise. He single-handedly storyboarded the idea for the pilot, and uh, people who worked uh, worked with Cartoon Network, Craig McCracken and Rob Renzetti, who Rob Renzetti would make his own show, My Life is a Teenage Robot. And Craig McCracken, you know, is the creator of the Powerpuff Girls and Wander Over Yonder, Foster's Home. But uh, but uh, other sh- the, another show uh, that came from the Cartoon Institute was Uncle Grandpa, who was uh, created by... Someone who's now working on the Looney Tunes cartoons. Well, he's currently directing the the movie finale of that stuff. Uh, the main character, Mordecai, comes uh, from Quintel during his college years. He would say, "That's the, t- the he would say about his college. That's the time when you're hanging out with your friends, getting into stupid situations, but you're also taking it seriously enough. And Rigby randomly developed the the idea of Rigby from a raccoon hula hooping. He liked that design and developed the character from it. Uh, Rigby becoming the far less responsible version of Mordecai. And, uh... And... That's kind of how everything kind of started. And uh, the show went on to have seven seasons, of course. And there are some inspirations for this show. Uh, The Simpsons and Vivas and Butthead, uh, as well as Joe Murray's Rocco's Modern Life and Camp Laszlo. Video games, Street Fighter, Shadowrun, ToeJam & Earl... And uh, some British uh, British series, uh, British television influenced uh, his uh, ideas, as well as some British roommates he had at CalArts. Uh, it introduced him, uh, those people introduced him to the League of Gentlemen, uh, I believe, Wikipedia is saying the League of Gentlemen. I believe it's the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the It Crowd, Little Britain, The Office, and The Mighty Boosh. Uh, 
The latter was very influential, influential to Quintel and would later influence the humor of that show. Anyway, uh, and then with the music, original music was composed by Mark Mothersbra, who has worked on Thor Ragnarok, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. That's, uh, oh, and Mitchell's Fritz of the Machines. I completely forgot he did that. And this is the first thing in Cartoon Network history where they actually used the licensed songs. Songs from the 80s, 90s, what, whatever you will. Uh, anyway, that's kind of about it about uh, the creative process. So I'm just going to get into uh, really why I really like this show. Uh, regular show is that that one uh, me, uh, animated mo- show that uh, kind of blends what everybody, every uh, modern audience likes right about now. Uh, it blends the, like, the plot and characters of a normal kid's cartoon, adds a bit of adult humor and some music, and maybe some adult situations, like, I can't think at the top of my head right now, but, like, Maybe like a grocery run or maybe like fixing a, ca- a car or something like that. Like normal adult situations. And uh, I guess it's that one show where you blend, where it blended all these things together to make a show that is for everyone. And I'd say it actually worked very well because it was able to to appeal to everybody and that led to them getting a primetime Emmy and also also very popular inspirations uh, this show would be the second in the Cartoon Network revolution where after making a bunch of live action content that wasn't really good they started investing back into animated shows with Adventure Time being a front runner, and then they went on to do regular show, and then Steven Universe, and then Clarence, and then all these other shows that were story driven, character, great characters, great writing, animation that appeals to everyone, and just overall variety vibes where it just had everybody's attention, whether you're a kid that was in it for the visuals or you were a teenager in it for the storytelling or you're just an adult just uh, liking stuff that existed during your time. Uh, It just had that appeal to everybody's interests. And uh, I'd say... Is probably one of my favorite shows ever created for some reason. I think it was just one of those episodes where it felt very personal and very just very great to feel like I'm running out of things. Uh, just very good characters and just had such a good interest in everything 
So uh, I'm going to try and think about how. Oh, yeah. We have to talk about the movie, too. Uh, in, uh, in in 2015, they announced they were making a regular show movie, which, uh, which eventually premiered, and it didn't really have a cinematic release, so it just came out, and people were able to watch it through Cartoon Network or DVDs and whatnot, so, yeah, that was, uh, it's a it's good regular uh, it's a good show i thought it was pretty nice and uh i also really think it was a very influential show to me where it made my humor it kind of inspired characters and it kind of wanted me to explore the idea of listening to songs outside of the modern times i know and now i'm that's really all I listen to, just songs from back in the day and maybe some modern sh the songs here and there, which I really think influenced the songs I like to listen to. So let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, I, be I believe seasons one through three are the ones where it one through three or one through five. Or the, yeah, one through five, I believe, where they uh, mainly just focused on the park, the the park itself, the people that work there, and uh, just really it, situations that happen. So it could be as crazy as let's just think, let's just spitball here. Let, it can go as crazy as breaking into somebody's diary because you broke it. Uh, and, uh, well, you broke it, and you have uh, you have this immortal monkey man try to help these two people replace the diary, and then out of that, it just creates a amalgamation of truth that sees through stuff. So. Or it could be as simple as just a dodgeball episode where they, uh, where the park team has to play a dodgeball, and let's just say one of the characters is a uh, very much a simp uh, for women, and uh, really has no game at all, as they call it, pulling a Mordecai. Where Mordecai has no luck with the girls; he tries with Margaret, and it. He almost did it with them, and then he blew it with uh, his other girlfriend he had while Margot was away, CJ, and uh, and he just kept screwing up. And I don't, I think that was what drew people into him. Uh, these characters, like they're relatable, but at the same time, it's cringy. It's like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. It's like, oh God, what are you doing? And then you just have, but you're also, you you can't help but relate to these characters. You're like, oh man, that, that that's kind of me. So that's one of the reasons why I really like it. I also really think it had a nice animation style where it felt hand-painted or hand-drawn, which it was. And also it just had a very simplistic design, but it was very serene. 
it was very nice. And uh, let me think here. Uh, eventually, J.G. Quintel, uh, after a regular show, ended its eight-season run in a movie. He eventually went to go work on Close Enough, which didn't last as long as regular show, but it was still as funny, in which instead of focusing on your 20s with college and balancing a part-time job and just trying to find women, uh, uh, Close Enough was about being in your 30s where you have to take care of your kid and have to focus on your your job instead of your dreams or also like just having trouble with life stuff and it still kept that very surrealistic supernatural approach to what regular show was and uh i think these two shows are kind of uh blend together one uh regular show is very weird where it has characters that are gumball machines blue jays raccoons but they talk similar to those characters in close enough where they're mainly human and they're just trying to make it in the world without uh failing very 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 miserably so and then that's really all i uh well let me see let me see what else regulation uh let's see what else you got mr quintel yeah, he just kind of disappeared off the map. Uh, yeah, he just disappeared right, right off the map where after close enough, he just kind of disappeared and uh, just decided that maybe he's maybe he's working on pitches. I'm not exactly sure because after close enough ended with three seasons and being written off as a tax cut it just felt like he hasn't been available ever since so yeah uh if this is the end of quintel he had a very good run where regular show had this very impersonal in person uh personal experience where you where people aged like us are 20 uh 21 year olds 19 year olds struggling part-time jobs and going through college and just just goofing off uh regular show is that show where you just relate to all these characters and it just felt like you related to all these people whether you were a slacker or a person who couldn't hand uh, couldn't really work with the ladies or just had trouble just being yourself and just trying to make people happy it it just had that relatability and i th that's part of the reason why that there's that general audience for a regular show it just had all these people flock and be like hey i've been here before they, these characters are relatable i've 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 failed with girls. I've I've struggled with a part-time job in character uh, being a a a college student. It just hits where it's like especially right now cuz I rewatched it a couple uh week months ago and I was like, "Damn. This actually is very relatable and I actually kind of feel like I I have all these 
the things that happen with these people. So it's just regular show to me. And uh, well, I ha- I'm not 30, so I can't really relate to close enough just yet. So, but the topic of discussion here, regular show, it just had these. Even if there was very surrealistic moments and eventually season six through eight decided to get a little more sci-fi where they implied like a little bit of a under the dome and space adventure stuff. And that can also be part of the movie where it just started to divulge past the relatability and simplistic stuff. But uh, it still had that humor, and I think it did lose its luster in the last three seasons. But for what it was, regular shows most of the time had such great moments, and it just spoke to almost anybody who's had a part-time job, struggle with college, and just has very self uh a lot of self-esteem issues per se so it's just as interesting to see a show that is so relatable but is so regular but so surreal it's a very complex show I sound like one of those philosophers. It's it's just a dumb cartoon where a blue jay and a raccoon slack off at their part-time job. Which, yes, I know, sounds like I'm overhyping this. And it's just like, I can't help it. It's one of those most relatable shows to me. And it just speaks to how inherent, uh, how we as a species has struggled with all these situations and struggled with all these issues and just had all these people support us even if they were a yeti or a ghost or a lollipop man or a gumball machine or just normal human beings where you just have these characters that you can relate to depending on whoever they are, wherever they are, and just, it's it's an interesting show to think about and just realize that there's a lot of relatability in these characters. I think that's the main message I want everyone to take away. Well, probably not all three of my viewers to take away with. Uh, just, there's a lot of relatability in shows, especially in those that are animated or movies and there's a lot of things that came out uh all these years later that make me feel a special connection with them and that i with i guess i'll leave it at that because i do have an idea of two things i might discuss uh in the following weeks to come and uh i think uh we can only go up with uh these next few seasons and I hope to see my audience grow and stick around and just discuss what makes cartoons so awesome and uh regular show is one of those shows where it felt very general audience related so I will leave it at that uh 
regular show on Cartoon Network on H on Max or Hulu or Disney Plus if you're in- an international student. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry if I was sounded a little bit all over the place with this. I again, I'm going off of Wikipedia here, so uh, don't really take everything away from what I've said, but, uh, yeah, that was regular show, a great show on Cartoon Network, uh, and I'll see you guys, uh, with another peak of my anime life next week. Goodbye.